Make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McClune. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi. I am a Hoffman teacher, a husband, a father. I've been working with the Hoffman process for well over 20 years, as has my uh, guest host, not guest host, my co-host, Ed McClune. <laughs> hey, Raz. Um, we're doing this every week. And uh, if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, we're celebrating this year 45 years as a leading personal development program all around the world, helping people who are serious about change. You know, everyone reaches that point in their adult life where they say, I'd really like to do some serious work on myself. And when you come to that point in your own life, Hoffman is meant for you. Take a look and see uh, if, how it looks to you and if it's something you'd like to uh, participate in. We've helped about 80,000 people worldwide. And... Um, Ed, you're here. Say I'm hello, here. Huh? Back from the picnic. We had a great time at the picnic last uh, Saturday and met all our fundraising goals. Uh, you know, a lot of money raised for the scholarships for many deserving people to uh, take the Hoffman process. And so that was, that was a great event. I know you had a great time there as well. A few hundred other people as well. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And um, we, we put the process on here in the U.S. about 30 times a year between our site in uh, Northern California, St. Helena, and in the, on the East Coast in Connecticut. As a matter of fact, coming up uh, in just a couple of days, we'll have our Inner Work for Leaders course starting in Connecticut. And then that course also for graduates of the process, the Inner Work of Leaders, will be also presented here in Northern California on September 28th. And if you want to learn more about the process or our other offerings, um, our website is an easy place to start, hoffmaninstitute.org. After the show today at 5 o'clock uh, Pacific time and every um, Tuesday afternoon at 5, there's a free and confidential introductory call as well. And you can find out more about that if you want to ask questions about the Hoffman process or our other courses. The information about the introductory call is uh, on the website as well. And uh, to bring you our guests this afternoon, Raz, why don't you step in and take it from here? We're Thank you, Ed. We're really happy to bring <clears throat> two distinguished people to you today, Linda Hartkerice and Joanne Goburn. And Linda is a Hoffman teacher, Hoffman process teacher. She's also a psychotherapist, and she's executive uh, director of the Hyde Leadership, uh, Hyde and Hoffman, I should say the Hoffman programs for youths. And she works with Joanne, and Joanne is the executive director at the Hyde Leadership Charter School in the Bronx, and along with teaching the Hoffman programs, Linda is a facilitator for spiritual retreats for women, and she has spent a career helping people who need help. She just recently returned from the Congo where she was doing work with women, and she has spent a lot of years uh, going inside of prisons and helping people understand their circumstances better and their possibilities for their lives. Now, Joanne is just a fantastic person. She's an award-winning educator, an accomplished presenter, and her schools have been featured in the Washington Post and on Good Morning America. And she believes that offering inner-city children the benefit of a challenging and inspiring learning environment 
should serve as a national model for all our public schools. So, Linda and Joanne, welcome. Welcome to the program. We're very excited to learn more about your work. Mm, Thank you, Russ. Thank you. (laughs) Well, maybe, Linda, I'll ask you first, and Joanne can chime in after you respond. But how did you come to do this work, and uh, how did this collaboration between Hoffman and Hyde and Hoffman and Youth at Risk uh, come together? Maybe you could say a few words on each of these organizations and on your own path. Okay, well, just start by saying that for myself personally, when I did the Hoffman process, I came into it with a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-awareness, but no self-love at all. And so my self-awareness was quite tyrannical and just more evidence of everything that was wrong with me. And uh, it was through the Hoffman process that I really found a new reference point for who I was. And in that my self-loathing disappeared, and it had defined me in my life. So I have five children myself, and I so wanted to see this work, which I love so much, and I love watching um, the adults that I work with waking up and blossoming and discovering who they are. Uh, And I wanted to see this work for young people as well. What happened uh, from the other side of it was, that there is an organization called New York Youth at Risk, and the people that run that, the directors of that, um, and you can probably say more about this, Raz, about how your your uh, relationship with them, but they had done the Hoffman process, and they came to the Institute, as I understand it, really wanting to have what they got from the process for the youth that they work with. They work with inner-city youth in New York City, And um, the youth that they work with are often homeless, coming out of shelters, coming out of gangs. They have uh, programs for teen fathers, for teen uh, mothers. And they very much wanted to see these kids get a better sense of their own essence, of their own worth, of their own spirit, and to find self-compassion and compassion for their parents and and their, the generations before them. And so they came to us asking if we could develop something together with them. And this would have been, I guess, about six years ago. So we collaborated and we came up with sort of a hybrid um, of youth at risk work. They do do a lot of work with raising awareness around the patterns that, that the youth are trapped inside of, the beliefs, the behaviors, and so on. They do a lot of work around that. And so we collaborated and we created a a four-and-a-half-day program for their youth. And that's how we got started. We just did our our sixth one uh, a month ago. And And what are you saying saying is happening in the kids from doing those uh, programs with the youth at risk? Well, you know, just before we got on this call, I was looking at the follow-up questionnaires. And what I saw again and again and again being reported from the kids, better relationship in their families, for sure, more impulse control, better understanding of their own anger and where it comes from and their own uh, beliefs, and and more of a sense of possibility for themselves, more of a sense of their own self-worth, just uh, a a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) That's wonderful. Uh, So then you found a way to transfer, or you started working with Joanne and found a way to using that background of the work you did with Youth at Risk to bring something 
and partner up with Joanne for for the high school programs. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I would ask Joanne to speak a little bit about that because um, the 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 program that we have with Hyde is similar to the program with New York Youth at Risk, but yeah. it's a little different. Well, let's, so, let's hear Joanne. from Joanne then. Joanne, uh, what's what's the story here with you well, and uh, how you came to do this work? Well, um, first off, I went to Hyde when I um, as in high school, so I had an opportunity to go to the Hyde schools in Bath, Maine, and I think, you know, from that, really got into youth work when I realized that it made such a huge difference in my life, um, and then went back to work there as an adult, and it made a huge difference in the life of my children. So I really wanted the same thing that was offered for me at a Hyde school and my children to be offered to to other children. And Joe Gall, the founder of Hyde Schools, you know, really believed that the same education that's offered, you know, for um, at a private school for private education is should be offered to families that really that really want it in a public school setting. And that's what we've been doing for the last twenty years. And so for me personally, I had an opportunity to go to Hoffman, and it changed my life in some significant ways. And I had been involved with the Hyde schools and the Hyde process of self-discovery for a number of years. But with Hoffman, I really had a chance to um, take a step that I that I really hadn't. So I think as I sort of gained the value of being in a, in a character education school that was family-based, that I also um, really wanted to give all of that to children, and in particular, children and families that didn't have opportunities that um, that a lot of kids have for their education. That's wonderful. And so, at Hyde School, you work not only with kids, but you work with the parents. And as I understand it, this work that uh, you're doing with the Hyde School system is really has a lot to do with leadership. So somehow using Hoffman principles and high and youth at risk principles, melding them all together and helping these kids uh, take a, a, a better leadership role in their schools and in their own lives. Is that right? That is our schools. We name them Hyde Leadership Schools, and so all of our public schools really come under that name with the idea that they will be leaders in their schools and their communities that they will, you know, really be able to answer three questions, who am I, where am I going, and what do I need to do to get there, and really embracing that with their academic education and being able to go off, you know, to college and to really be prepared for life and to be leaders in their community. So uh -huh. a lot of what we do is really based on them becoming stronger leaders and stronger, you know, within themselves as people. And that's, you know, I think what I enjoy the most about the work that we do is sort of finding those ways to do that. And when I did Hoffman and had a chance to meet Linda and have a chance to talk to, you know, Joe Gold, I think we just realized that it would be a wonderful partnership between the Hoffman Institute and what the Hyde schools were really trying to accomplish, you know, around self-discovery and personal strength and growth. Wonderful. And so the, the real source of leadership is self-discovery. Right. Is that would you? Is that what yes, I yes. I well, I I, <laughs> I believe that, and I think you know the other thing is that you know we do that with youth. Everyone within the Hyde community really does embrace the idea of a personal growth and change, and you know we believe that everyone is gifted with a unique potential. So to really go after that, how do you do that? Um, you do that really through your growth and and self discovery. And I think you know our programs are challenging. We really challenge kids to go after their best in in many different ways. So it's a, just wonderful. a wonderful union, I think. Great. That's beautiful. 
That's a wonderful start to the show. Um, Ed McClune and Raz with our guests, Joanne Gaborn and Linda Harker-Rice. We're going to take a break in just a second here. If you'd like to participate in the show um, this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you. The phone call to use to bring your questions or comments, 866-472-5788, 866-472-5788. And we will be right back on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back to The Hype Connection. We're here with Linda Harker-Rice, Hoffman teacher, who's also been involved with working and, and taking a lot of um, the Hoffman principles into um, youth work. And our other guest is Joanne Gaborn from the Hyde schools, the, the Hyde leadership schools that are um, mainly on the East Coast. And um, you guys have brought a lot of this Hoffman teaching into the schools. What are you, what are you learning or what, better yet, are, are the kids learning and how is that affecting their lives? Uh, so I'll, I'll speak to that a bit. This Thanks, is Linda. Um, one of the things that we are working with them a lot is discovering or, or raising their awareness about what they have learned in their youth and in their families and in their neighborhoods, what they have learned, um, behaviors that they've learned and that they've modeled themselves after thoughts and, and beliefs that they have and uh, it, it all, all that they've learned that they hold as defining them and and carry a lot of shame, many of them, around some of their behaviors or, or uh, beliefs. And so one of the things that we do with the youth 
is to help them see that much of what they're defining themselves by is actually only just what they've learned. It isn't their essence. It isn't who they are. It doesn't have to limit them. Uh, if you learn something, you can relearn something different. And so we're working a lot with them to um, help them connect with their own essence, with their own self-worth, with their own beauty, uh, with their own creativity, with their own compassion, et cetera, et cetera. So, Linda or Joanne, is there an example of what you're talking about, a particular person that you were working with who had a certain identity that that they found was limiting and they shifted to something different or bigger? Well, I think that we saw, I mean, we took 16 students from our school in the Bronx up to Bath this year, and I think what was striking to me was just, you know, the number of students that really just felt like they couldn't do it, that they weren't really good enough. And I think it just reminded me, you know, coming from my own childhood that, you know, I had a lot of things that were that were good, but at the end of the day, I thought that I just, you know, I wasn't good enough based on the messages that I did get from home. And I think for a lot of our kids, you know, in the communities that, you know, that, that they're coming from and that I came from, you just, you know, those messages come across to you all the time. And so I think there was, in particular, a, a, you know, a student who just, you know, really had a hard time, I think, even engaging in the process with us as we started. And, mm-hmm. you know, over time, I think she realized that all of those challenges, you know, with her family and her parents and, you know, you know, just the community that she came from, that she really was pretty amazing, you know, that mm-hmm. she really exactly. could do it and that she was tough. And, the you know, the other students that were there really helped her and stuck with her. And as we went through the you know the, in, the the Hoffman process. I think you know it came clear to her that all of those things that happened didn't define her. That that wasn't really who she was, and that her strength kind of had a chance to come forward. And that it was just amazing watching that evolve with kids. Um, so it, it was amazing. What I'm hearing is that these kids are waking up to their true potential instead of having their circumstances, their where they came from, uh, define their their possibilities they're waking up to a, a whole new level a whole new range of possibilities within themselves and having somehow the whatever you want to call it the courage the power the potential to um to, to begin actualizing that and to live in a different ways is that a, a a fair assessment of what you're talking about yes i think that's absolutely it you know and at the end as we do the i am statements and just hearing them sort of say out loud you know what they believe in about themselves it it, you know, it's them sort of standing up to finally say that, yes, I know I can do this. And when we came back to school, there were a couple of events where students who before the Hoffman process really weren't speaking up and weren't stepping forward, that when we came back, they were sort of, they had more courage to sort of step into those leadership roles or even just to step into roles where they were going after their best. And so it really, I think the process provided a whole nother level of confidence um, for them to really, and strength to pull on. Well, you, uh, Joanne, as an educator, how do you feel about, I mean, it seems like you're at, the, at a cutting edge of uh, doing things with, with kids. These kids you're working with are 16, 17, is that about right? That's right. How does that, how do you feel working with them in this way? Oh, um, 
I, I don't, because I really work for the Hyde Foundation, which helps to support the schools, I don't get, I'm not as often right in there with them. And so I, the, providing the opportunity, I think, was really important to me. And so um, I just, I feel amazing by just having a chance to actually see them evolve, see them get closer to college. They're all, this particular group that we took away were juniors last year. This year they're seniors. And, you know, all of them will really be going off to college. And it's sort of amazing to just know that they're going to go with, you know, with resilience and with the ability to sort of persevere. And I think the Hyde program does that anyway. I mean, it's just something that we really, it's built in. But the Hoffman process sort of adds a whole nother level of um, strength for them and personal insight. I mean, I felt like that's what they got was an insight that, that the Hoffman process provided them with. I'd like to say something more to that as well, and that is that the work in a group context I think is wonderful for the youth because they're sharing very intimately and and they're uh, and very vulnerably, and they share everything from you know their sadness, their 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 shame, their their breakdowns, their joys, their um, uh, their anger, uh, it, it, it's, it's very intimate and, and very vulnerable. And I believe that they began to, um, that, that being able to speak like this allows them to feel less separate and to feel more um, belonging, more sense of belonging, and, and to become more comfortable with their own um, emotional being, if you will. And understand it better and feel less uh, like they're strange or there's something wrong with them or nobody could ever possibly understand them. They're so different. There's, I think that's one of the, the benefits of the, of the work as well. Those are pretty standard um, teenage mindsets, isn't it? No one would understand me and I'm on my own and mm-hmm. better, better hide out. And so in your experience then of them opening up to each other, they're finding that they have more commonality in those painful places, awkward places than they yes. thought. Yeah. Yes. And and so, it, it, it's amusing to me as well because um, the teenagers seem to have quite an investment at first in posturing. You know, they have a, a certain face that they put forward, a certain mask posturing. that they put forward. And, um, and, and then when you begin to speak to them deeply, you find out that a whole lot more is going on inside of them than they have been revealing. And... Uh, <laughs> it's it's just really wonderful to hear everything coming out of them finally. So. Right, and for them to experience what that shift in themselves brings about for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think even though we do a family program and really work with parents and we ask our parents to also engage in self-discovery and growth, I think the, the students, you know, had a chance to look at their parents in a different way, in yes. a more honest way way um and it and it was okay i think at first it was kind of scary because they you know they deeply love them and they still live with them and um you know they you know their parents are you know sort of right there loving them all the time and so it's sort of like i can't really look at them as human beings i look at them as mom and so i think they had a chance to really step back and and then build a, a stronger relationship with their parents as they went back you know home 
Right. I've made a little bit of joke, or tried to anyway, about teenagers posturing, but in, in essence, we all posture, and certainly we as parents <laughs> do, right. do quite a bit of that too. And so with, with, the, with some of that, with what's underneath the posture, I mean, the posture is, provides value as well, but it, that's where intimacy happens, whether it's with their peers or it sounds like with their parents as well. And they get an opportunity to think about their parents in a way that they probably haven't before, to think about actually what it was like for their parents to be young children and what their parents' parents were like and how how their parents were treated and why they grew up to be the way that they are, the kind of parents that they are. And um, it's, it's quite a, a moving piece of work there that they engage in and they come to a greater sense of compassion and understanding for the parents as people, not just as parents, but as also as people. And Linda, Joanne, when they go back, so the program is, is over, and, and these young people go back to their communities, to their homes, um, which will treat them as if they haven't had the experience, you know, sort of going back in the same way. Is, is there a way that they sustain the, what they've learned from the two of you or from the process, the experience? Well, I think that they have each other um, because they all go back to the same school. And, you know, we do a lot of self-discovery at our, you know, at the high leadership school. But we also pull them together. So one of the other facilitators actually works at the school with them. And so we will continue to meet with them on a periodic basis just so that they can remember and use the tools and, you know, sort of come together as the same community that went that went to Maine, and then I think that they really do help each other. Um, yeah, and I would what? say the same is true of all of the youth programs. Uh, we recently also did one in San Jose, California, and um, we have follow-up like that. Uh, sometimes it's by phone because the community is more scattered than it is at Hyde. Uh, sometimes they will come to the various centers um, where they have been introduced to this work and will have follow-up meetings. But there is a, a great deal of community support ongoing afterwards. Well, well, this is so exciting, you know, that so many people within the Hoffman community especially want to take care of their kids, and you guys have found a way to do that. We want to talk more about how you're doing that. We want to talk about the, the community that you're creating at the schools and through do, you know connecting with these kids in this way. And um, we'll do that shortly. I want to remind everybody that you're all invited as listeners to be part of the program. If you have questions or comments, if you're a parent of a teenager yourself and have certain concerns that you'd like to you know, bring more personal concerns um, to the show, we'd love to have you have it or bring it to us. The number to use is 866-472-5788. Again, the, uh, the number for calling in. You can hear it is 866-472-5788. And we will be right back on the Hoffman Connection. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? 
The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hello, this is Raz and Grossi and Ed McClune, my co-host, and we're with uh, Linda Harker-Rice and Joanne Gaburn. Uh, talking about the special programs for youths, the Hoffman adaptations uh, of our programs at the Hyde School and also somewhat at the Youth at Risk, uh, with the Youth at Risk organization in inner city New York. Um, you know, I want to ask, just put this question out to both of you. Kids, we see that kids, teenagers need connection and they need to belong and oftentimes they bond with each other around negative behaviors or around their pain, and there are certain ways that they hang out with each other. And uh, what is the, it seems to me, however, that in listening to you up until this point in the show, what we're learning is that it's possible for young people to bond with each other around healing and wholeness and potential and possibility and community building. And if I'm hearing you correctly, uh, I'd like you to comment on, what that means and what are you seeing when that when that happens? Uh, I can speak to that a bit, Raz. Um, one of the things that, that we do with the youth is uh, we have them put a sheet of paper up on the wall. And as they are discovering patterns of behavior and patterns of uh, beliefs and so on and so forth, they will write it up on the sheet so that everybody in the room can see and learn and share, and it's, it's all very open in that way. Towards the end of the time together, um, that paper becomes uh, shredded. <laughs> it, it, it ends up in little bitty pieces as they're working with it and as they're doing uh, tools with it and um, in, in a, a very magical kind of exercise that we call the dark side process. And so... They have a bag full of all the remains of all of these patterns, and we have a big bonfire. The kids walk out to this bonfire in a great celebratory, joyous kind of mood, having done this piece of work. And in the same afternoon, they have discovered or they have 
declared who they are. They come up with a very strong statement of, I am a, and then they fill in the blank, I am a beautiful, strong, uh, inspiring woman, or I am a responsible, gentle, uh, feeling man, or whatever it is. Each of them come up with their own individual statement of who they are. So following this uh, ritual of, of breaking up this bit of paper with all these patterns and beliefs and so on, they go with their paper sack out to a bonfire, And one at a time, they release and let go and throw it into the fire, and they declare, I am a whatever. And there's just a joyousness and a celebration in that and laughter and singing. And then we stay around the fire for a while, and they will share inspiring stories or they will share songs or whatever arises, poetry. It's quite um, unique and special each time that we do it. It's it's just so they're sharing joy as well as as pain they're sharing success and delight in who they are as well as discovery of what holds them back i agree with that linda and i think the other thing uh, to your question is you know in terms of building community i i think it's also really important the way the adults come into the the session with the youth and i one of the things that i noticed was and i think i noticed in our work too is just the number if the adults really do share also their struggles in mm-hmm. the places where you know they have patterns in the places in their life where you know they've been hurt or sad the students then have a chance to really see you as an authentic, real person, not a person that's sort of a facade, but you really have a chance to then be a true um, model with them and to really work in partnership with them. And our work um, this year with the youth, I think it was um, it was just good to see that each of the adults that were there also shared their stories, which was really important, I think, to building community. I yes, remember. I would agree with that. Um, one of our guests on the previous show said something, our kids don't want to know about our successes, they want to know about our challenges. Mm-hmm. And that really affirms what you were saying, too, that our, our humanity yes. that comes through uh, meeting our challenges. Yeah. Uh, an- another thing that I would share that I, that I uh, just experienced uh, that was very moving um, in the youth at risk, uh, programs in New York City. They they have many different programs that are in a retreat format, and they start every morning with a run. and And the kids are uh, they have a course that they run, and they are told to run their best time and to notice what it is that gets in their way. And then they have some time to journal and write down what stopped them or what kept them from making better time, so on and so forth. And we adapted that to the Hoffman Youth Work with Youth at Risk, and we have them run as a community so that rather than each of them individually running to get their best time, we're looking at who is the last one to cross the finish line, and there's only one time, and that's it for the entire group, and that's the time that the last person crosses the finish line. That concept or that way of working uh, was very powerful in this last group that we did. There was a, a young woman who was pregnant, and there was another young man who had an injured foot. 
and one of the boys was was very competitive and the first day that they went out he ran as fast as he could and he came in way ahead of everybody else <laughs> and then as it began to land on him that this was a little different here uh, he came forward and he said wow he said we are pregnant and we have a sore foot which i thought was just such a, a, a stunningly clear way of of him speaking his understanding that we are a community and and that we are as strong as our strongest and we are as weak as our weakest it, it, yeah it was really beautiful and that day he spoke for the whole group and that day that whole group came in much um, faster than they had before they made really good time and they supported one another so people are willing to notice the empathic connection that they have with others rather than deny it rather than pretend that those feelings make them weak and should be ignored they recognize that it makes them strong and should be they should be recognized and shared mm-hmm. and to embrace the the members of their group who are struggling with something at any given time rather than reject or compete with them or leave them behind or be annoyed by them for holding them back so i guess bullying just disappears huh boy it really did it really really did the support came forward and the uh compassion and, and empathy for their for the other members of the group it was really lovely to watch and that makes a difference academically as well i guess it, yes it does and i think you know, as the students really sort of work together and not against each other and, you know, you sort of lose the idea that, you know, being smart is not cool, you sort of get to the point where, you know, we are going to be leaders, we are going to go to college, we are going to, you know, try our best. So they don't, so as you build that sense of community and leadership, they're willing to step out there. And many of the students that went to Hoffman and came back and are now doing summer internships in places where they might not have had the courage to do that. Or um, So it really does allow them to sort of step out there in a, in a new and courageous way. And as you know, our school is really all about how do you help students really go after their best and really sort of excel not only in community service, in their academic program, in their athletic program. You know, what are all the ways that they can sort of find that thing about them that is really special and that, that inner strength. And so it, it worked really well together um, for, lead, you know, for their, to develop their leadership. Sounds pretty amazing to me. Um, so you've got community, you've got leadership. Those two things are tied together. And, uh, and these kids are gaining a new sense of belonging to one another and belonging to society. And I hear you saying that they're stepping forward like uh, contributing to society rather than seeing what they can get, looking to see what they can give. Yes, I think they are, and I think, you know, I feel like I didn't really answer the question about sort of the the academic strength, and I think as they've gained more confidence in themselves, it sort of allows them to believe that, you know, they can do it academically, they can persevere, and they they can find ways to do the calculus and the physics and the things that they might have thought were beyond them intellectually, and I think it 
it it sort of connects back then to their their sense of leadership because I mean I think that's what we're trying in terms of the education that we're hoping that they will really grab a hold of so that they would be ready you know for college and that they would be ready to really meet some of those academic challenges as they get through high school. And Linda, I wanted to ask you, what is it like? What do you see in in someone's face or in their body when they've had a breakthrough? When they've changed, how do they look different? What do you what do you experience with them? Well, I can think of one girl in particular right now uh, comes to mind. I just she just popped right up in front of me when you asked that question. And when she came in at the beginning of the week, she's extremely overweight. I would say she's probably close to three hundred pounds, and very very. Um, she came in very numb and very. Uh, kind of spaced out, not present, very dull, uh, sleeping, <laughs> uh, sleeping while awake. And and as we went through the week, she began to wake up, and her face actually changed color. She got brighter. She got pinker. <laughs> the, the blood came back to her face. Her eyes brightened up. She began to move her body, and... Uh, by the end of the week, she was actually sharing and sharing intimately and speaking, and she had enthusiasm and uh, a, even a bit of passion. So that's extremely rewarding to watch that happen. It was, uh, and that was with the Youth at Risk program, is that right? Yes, that was out in San Jose. Yes, yeah. It's quite um, quite different working with the youth because it's very immediate, and that's one of the things that I really love about it. It's very immediate. Things are happening right in the moment between them or uh, <laughs> between them and, and, and the authority figures or the site or, you know, things are occurring. And so we get to work with the, the distinctions of this work and the tools of this work in, in what's occurring immediately and right now. And that is um, just a, a, a very dynamic way to work. It requires a certain amount of willingness to let go of the agenda, I must say, and go with what's happening. But it makes it very real, and it I think it really helps them see um, in a very grounded and, and specific way how to use this work. It's not uh, intellectual. It's right now. It's immediate. What do we do now here with what's happening? And I recall a student that when we started off the week was looking down, was pulling his hood over his head pretty often, um, you know, was just pretty, you know, focused on the floor. And by the end of the week, you know, he wasn't doing that anymore. He was standing tall and was holding his head up and his face was shining. And, you know, the difference between, you know, when we started and when we ended the process was was really quite um, something to behold. Mm-hmm. Pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. These are such wonderful stories. And, and Linda, you know, you and I and Raz have been teaching together in the process with adults for I don't know fifteen years or thereabouts. And I'm really um, so pleased that you get to bring this in a different way to to younger people. It's mm-hmm. just amazing to hear. And I know that you're really gratified by the experience as well. We're going to um, take a break and finish off, bring our last um, segment of today's show. And um, 
want to let everybody know that if you're interested in the work of the Hoffman Institute Foundation, uh, there's plenty of ways to find out about it, all of which is pretty much linked at our website, hoffmaninstitute.org, including every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time, there's a free and confidential uh, telephone call with one of our administrators and a Hoffman teacher to ask questions that you have. It's confidential. You don't even have to bring your name just to learn more about uh, who we are, what we're up to, and, and how our work can help you. Um, so go to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org, uh, to get much more information on uh, the work of the Hoffman Institute Foundation. We'll be back in just a minute or so with our final segment here on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. This is Raz and Grossi. We're back with Linda Hartke-Rice and Joanne Gaborn speaking about the programs, uh, the collaboration between the Hoffman Institute Foundation and the Hyde School Foundation, and the programs that, that we're developing, innovative programs for kids. And I, I was just thinking, you know, this is the 45th anniversary of the founding of the Hoffman work, and Bob Hoffman himself died 15 years ago, but both Ed and I had a chance to work with him for quite a number of years, and I frequently uh, heard him say that our work will really be successful when we start working in schools and with kids. So uh, whether you know it or not, the, both of you are helping to make his uh, lifelong dream come true. But I want to ask you, each of you maybe could speak to, what are your dreams for this work? What would you like to see happen? And um, 
What are you inspired by as you as you go forward? Well, I'm inspired by the impact that, you know, that I've seen the Hoffman process have on the students. I'm also inspired by all of the work that we've been doing with the Hyde Foundation and Hyde Schools. And, you know, we now have five schools that are really doing the um, character education program. And I have dedicated my life to that and believe strongly that schools cannot be just about, you know, sort of the test scores and what they're able to do, but truly them being prepared for life. And so my dream is to have more schools that are embodying sort of a holistic approach to academic progress and character education and personal growth, and also hopefully at some point being able to offer the Hoffman process in more of our schools and to more of our students. I mean, we had an opportunity to do 16 out of 900 and so, and I think all told, we have about 1,500, you know, students that are at the age that they could, you know, really be take, embracing of the Hoffman process along with the Hyde process. So my dream is to just continue to offer it to more students and to have it really impact the lives of more students. I would agree with that. <laughs> That's my dream as well. I would love to see this work uh, able to flourish and spread all across the country. We now are doing work in New York. We're doing work up in Maine. We're doing work in San Jose. There's potential to do work in Phoenix. There's potential to do work in Florida and possibly even London. I would love to see this grow. I would love to see it grow so much that the kids are on a waiting list and that we are actually able to um, look at uh, those that want to take it and select the ones that have the most readiness and that are really ripe for the work. And I would say that actually with the last program that we did, and I would say that was true with uh, Hyde too as well, right, Joanne, that that we did have more um, more youth that wanted to take the program than we actually had spaces for. So we, yeah. I mean, the other piece that I'm sorry I would add back to mine is we did it with youth, but there are many, many parents and families and adults of the students that I think would also really benefit from having the opportunity to do a Hoffman Institute. And I think what we give them in our Hyde family program is wonderful, but I think the opportunity to really do um, the work that Hoffman, the Hoffman Institute does would be phenomenal. Um, and just would really be something um, to help families who just haven't had the opportunity to really look at themselves or grow or um, to find that courageous peace and that strength within themselves. One of the things that Joanne and I spoke about when we were first looking at bringing this into the Hyde schools was developing something for the parents um, that they could participate in while while their children were children, while their youth were away at the retreat, that there would be something for them so that they could receive the, their um, sons and daughters coming home in a, in a more informed and, and free way. And um, I would also say that in the youth at risk work, we have sometimes, uh, or every time actually, we have a few of the staff from the various uh, centers um, that are working with these youth that we have in the program as well, so that they are then able to uh, sustain and and carry forward um, in the organization with their own understanding. 
So I would love, just like Joanne just said, I would agree with that. I would love to see more of the adults of the community that are that are that is holding the various communities that are holding these youth um, doing their own work, so that they are a supportive a supportive uh, hand to these youth when they come back. Well, I know from studying the Hyde material that the focus is on character development. And, Joanne, could you speak a little bit about what that means? Yes. Well, it, we, um, it means that when students and families come and we say that we accept the families, not just the students, we're asking them to work together to really go after their best. And we have, you know, five words that we, you know, focus on courage, curiosity, leadership, integrity, and concern. And sort of so many things that we do are really challenging the, the students and the families around those words and asking them to really build community and go after their best and ask the hard questions and be honest with each other and, you know, even within their families to stand on um, truth over harmony and really helping them to embody the principles of really strengthening yourself as a person and being able to be that authentic self. And, um, you know, I think within our schools, you know, the idea is how do you really go after that, your unique potential, and how do, as parents, we help our children go after the unique potential. So character development is embodied in everything we do and what happens in classrooms and what happens in moments of sharing and discovery groups. And so it's not, you know, in some schools, character education is sort of just is sort of something that you talk about, but we really work to integrate it into everything that we do and all stakeholders within our community, you know, really participate in that self-discovery because I think we believe that the self-discovery aspect of it is what really opens up sort of the pathway to your char- developing your character and bringing your character out. And so all of our schools, you know, really focus on focus on that. Thank you guys so much. It's been a, a really quick hour, and you've you've uh, brought so much. I think inspiration, at least for me, that you know this work is growing and touching um, you know the future of a lot of people, not just the the uh, lucky um, kids that you work with, but their whoever they're interacting with, their future as well, their families uh, further down the line. Character development, and uh, that's what the Hoffman work is about as well. I um, wanted to let everyone know that the uh, work that we do with the Hyde Schools and with Youth at Risk is funded through contributions to the Hoffman Institute Foundation, and we have some grants as well that come in each and every year. But the more, if you're inspired by what you've heard today, we would invite you to to make a contribution, of, you know, earmark it for the youth at, for the um, Hyde School or Youth at Risk um, programs and. Uh, I promise you that Linda Harker Rice will be very grateful to you because she loves nothing more than to work with more kids and help expand the program. So we'd like to invite you to do that. Uh, I'd like you can just find out, go on our website, org, and you'll find out how to make a contribution there. And I also want to mention that next week, Stuart Emery will be, will be back with us. Actually, it will be a rerun of an earlier show that was very popular. Stuart Emery, many may know him as the founder of Actualizations many years ago. He's a father of the human potential movement and a very famous best-selling author. Is, uh, one book that is just fantastic is called Do You Matter? And he is an executive coach to Fortune 500 uh, uh, CEOs 
And Stuart really has the key, a lot of the key elements that, you know, can help you make, have a more successful and fulfilling life. So come back next week to hear Stuart Emery. Great, Raz. Thanks again for everybody, and thanks for listening, and we look to connect with you next week here in the Hoffman Connection. Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.